You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, how's it going? I'm doing great, Chris. How you doing, man? <laughs> Good. Thanks for asking. Uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. Doing well, though. Doing well. Lucky to be in the position I'm in. Thrilled to be here talking football with you. And uh, we we have a lot going on. We've got the start of the league year coming up pretty soon. We just had the uh, the franchise tag deadline. Some interesting guys tagged. Some interesting guys not tagged. We've got uh, a major contract that has been signed by one of the NFL's premier players. And we have a continued look at free agency. So a full slate here this week. Let's um, let's start with Dakota Prescott. Ooh. Dakota Prescott uh, did not play football past those four and a half games before getting injured last year and somehow managed to prove that he was worth way more money than the Cowboys were offering before. Signs a four-year deal worth $160 million, worth potentially up to $164. That AAV of 40 is the second highest in all of football. Second highest in all of football history, as a matter of fact, behind only Pat Mahomes. The 126.6 guaranteed, I believe, it's 126-something, mm-hmm. uh, is the second in football and the second all-time in football behind the aforementioned Mr. Mahomes. What would you think of this deal for uh, for both Dak and the Cowboys? I think, first of all, I applaud the Cowboys. I thought they were doing something utterly ridiculous. Oh, for sure. Utterly foolish. So I applaud them for 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 the better perspective for the all-things quote-unquote good, making the the right decision, the good decision. This is so, mm-hmm. was supposed to be a no-brainer. This is your quarterback, so applause. The deal. Um, I mean, I like Dak. He's very, again, he's very much should have been, should be the Dallas starter. Now, now that we have to start lining up guys on a scale of, you know, elite, um, you know, good, good starter, you know, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. with the money stacking up next to my man Mahomes that always for me gets a little finicky it makes me a little nervous um but good for him I love when mm. players get oh, their yeah. money good for him uh, I, there's got to be something there's got to be a way out for Dallas uh and right now they're all in but there's got to be a way out because I imagine the expectations rise absolutely and for sure what we've known in the in the past with this organization is that they're gonna they're gonna lump a bunch of expectation, a bunch of responsibility on the shoulders of their quarterback and not necessarily make all the right moves to make sure he's good around him. And I'm, I'm assuming, you know, I think they assume and, and maybe some Cowboys fans may assume that they've done that already with the whole mm. Zeke got his money and, you know, bringing in younger guys. I mean, CD Lamb and whatever. But, you know, you really have to be ready to um to play at a division-winning level Mm-hmm. At minimum. And then you've got to be ready to compete with the top four or five teams in the NFC based on this number. This is what this says. This number is a Super Bowl contending quarterback's number who, if matched up with Aaron Rodgers, matched up against um, Tom Brady, which is still wild to say, yeah. that you're st- you, you, have, you have at least a 50-50 chance of winning. And as of right now, it's not there yet, so... Good for the Cowboys for locking in their quarterback. They had to pay this number. Not so sure how that's going to work in terms of expectations and what happens in the next couple of years, how it cascades into 
you know, rooting for this guy to be to be sent 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 packing. Yeah. Well, the other interesting element of this is just the cap was set at one hundred and eighty two point five million dollars. That forty million dollar contract represents about twenty two percent of the Cowboys total salary cap for twenty twenty one. When you factor in that they have a lot of other big ticket items already on this team. Demarcus Lawrence's AAV is 21. Amari Cooper's is 20. Zeke's is 15. Zach Martin's 14. Tyron Smith is 12. Jalen Smith uh, is 11. And uh, Lael Collins is 10. Just filling out the entirety of the roster is going to be an increasing challenge for the Cowboys, who are now going to feel this incredible pressure to hit on every single draft pick because they need that cheap influx of talent. Exactly. And I am, again, I am nervous that that is not what that means for this organization. Historically, I can't say that they're going to be, you know, spot on 10 for 10 or whatever the number is for each year. And that's going to that's going to not bowl so well for the final product, which is record wins, losses, championships, playoff wins, that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. This is um, 104 and 115. So one, two, three, four, five. Five, six, seven, eight. Their top eight guys represent $115 million of their salary cap every year. And uh, that number represents 63% of their salary cap. <laughs> if only you could you could just play with that amount of guys instead of yeah. meeting actually <laughs> 33 guys. If this is seven on seven, then we're t- then we're talking. But I mean, maybe we're not because a bunch of those guys are offensive linemen. <laughs> so that probably isn't allocating money correctly. But you know, Dak and Amari and Zeke and uh, those guys would certainly make sense. Yeah, this is this is going to be interesting to watch for the Cowboys. They did what they had to do. They they had to keep Dak. He mm-hmm. was he's the heart of that team. I think that was proven when when he was out. But there is going to be an extraordinary amount of pressure both on Dak, like you said, and on this Cowboys organization to make this work now because it's difficult to build teams around quarterbacks who are making a ton of money. It is really is. And you have to be generational. You have to be absolutely generational to not even win at this level. Like the, the, the crazy context and nuances, not just win, but like maintain... Mm-hmm. A certain level of excellence, excellence as you figure out how to punch, fill the holes, and yeah. play with the cap. Like there's going to be some a curve there. No matter if they're spot on or not, there's a curve there. And you, as a quarterback, have to be absolutely elite, top three. You know, in the past six years or whatever the, the measurement is, for for that to not look like you're taking a, a, a drop off. I mean, we saw with the when the Saints who obviously have been good continuously and, and consistently. There was mm-hmm. a small dip as there was a, a changing of, of personnel, but they maintained a, a NFC South championship level. They maintained a NFC title level for the most part. And I don't know. I mean, we haven't even seen, we haven't even seen that from this team, you know, before, all, before this contract, we haven't seen this team make sure that they're in a, a position to, to be feared in their own division. So now here we go. And by the way, uh, speaking of that New Orleans Saints team, their quarterback one week later has still not retired. Funny, funny, funny. <laughs> I'm st- I have to I have to keep this going until he actually has me fooled. You don't have me fooled, Drew Brees. I'm not going to buy any of this ex- extending of the uh, the career limelight or whatever you're trying to do. 
if you come back, it's it's not for the good of you, your son, who we've all been endeared to. Mm. It, it's not good for anyone. <sighs> yeah, and it's probably not good for the Saints, quite frankly. It's absolutely not. Even though I think he'd be playing on a very, very cheap salary, considering what that restructure looked like. <laughs> yeah, true. So it's time to move on and just hanging on. When you have these older guys who are just hanging on and hanging on, it, it doesn't help anything. Nobody nobody thought Joe Montana was a, a major positive for the Chiefs back in the day. <laughs> like, couldn't get through that that run of of <laughs> of ten games, you know, with, without without good old Joe. And this is not to taint the legacy, ladies yeah. and gents. But just saying, man, like <laughs> sometimes you, you just don't have it anymore. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it, and neither should these quarterbacks. Look, that guy got to the point where he was the NFL's all-time leading passer. He's he has accomplished enough for multiple lifetimes, especially when you go back to that his time in San Diego when there was legitimate talk that he was done with that shoulder injury. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I mean just move on. You've done you've done every you've met every hurdle. You've you've dis- destroyed and and minimized and vanquished every uh ad- adversity, moment of adversity. You have actually like legitimately won a championship so not these mm-hmm. you know ceremonial mm-hmm. accomplishments you've done the one thing that everyone accounts for yeah i mean bow out gracefully don't extend yeah. this thing or and, and just let us know you're going to be in the booth or analyzing somewhere it's okay you can tell us we'll listen we're still mad at you for the most part the majority of the country but it's okay <laughs> yeah because you're you know probably a racist but <laughs> Well, we move past that because successful. Uh, it's it's funny how much quicker we are to move past like Drew Brees uh, than we are Myers Leonard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good luck, Myers. Woo! <laughs> and I, I read the you know I'm not going to get into the Myers Leonard thing too much, but I read uh, I read a letter that Julian Edelman wrote to him, an open letter to to Myers Leonard, and it was it was well intentioned, and you know. I thought the thing that really struck me the most was that when Edelman said, I don't think you meant this as a direct insult to anyone. I think it was just an indirect, indirect uh, comment. And those are the worst ones when you just say this so casually and you don't know what you're actually saying and you don't know who you're actually hurting. Right, exactly. And I think that's even um, I think that's even like more confirmed and more emphasized based on his apology and again i'm not here to measure a man's sincerity but it still reeks of one of those i got caught i'm not planning on yeah being too introspective about this moment i really just want to play ball yeah and you know the people that know me know i'm not a, uh an asshole let's well he might he might be let's not forget myers leonard actually stood uh, he was like one of the only players to stand rather than kneel for the national anthem in the bubble. I mean, he very might looking more and more like he is an asshole. Yeah. But I think his internal dialogue would say, "I'm well within my, you know, what I mean, I'm not the worst type of person there is." Right. So you know, yeah. if 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 this is what got me caught up, all right, whatever. Um, sorry, guys, and I'll just make sure I look around two times. <laughs> check the check. The look both ways before I cross the street twice this time. Yeah, and this I, you is know. this is the you know 
this is the thing people don't remember. And we're, we've grown so accustomed to have cameras in our faces constantly with cell phones and the like, and especially professional athletes. Right. They're like, you forget you're being recorded all the time. I'm sure you saw the, the video of the, the three girls in the Uber the, this past week that's been going viral. Like, what are you like? Every, everywhere you're going, you're being recorded. Just don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. And look, did Myers Leonard just d- say a dumb thing when he was playing video games with his friends? Yes. But he he crossed a line. You know, we all say stupid shit, but you have to know where the line is and you have to be respectful and just not an asshole to cross it. Yeah, like you know, you know what's in your lexicon, man. Yeah. And <laughs> like if you if you there's 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 like two parts to this and, and the part I want to stick to um, one because he's not that good of a player is not, no. that you know there's the awareness part like okay whatever whatever what deep down in your heart like don't have time for it. we don't even have to do that again because you're not that good mm-hmm. but like you're aware of the 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 environment now you're aware of where society is at least you know mainstream society for the most part like like I said you know your lexicon there's certain words that you should be one as a pro athlete and then as a person you're like all right like these are the words I'm not going to even mess around with anymore mm-hmm. just for the sake of like I don't want to be bothered. You don't have to, like, you have to have some type of awareness these days. Like, you can't yell bomb in an airport. You can't, you can't yeah. do stupid, silly things like that uh, absentmindedly anymore. Yeah, it is, a, it is a different world. And I don't know. My advice would be if you're on a live stream that you started, probably don't use hate speech. There you go. But I don't know. Just me. I'm, I'm, I'm old school that to way. His, his moral, his moral <laughs> contract. <laughs> yeah, I'm old school that way. I don't know. Uh, save the hate speech for the for the home. Um, no, just 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 be nice to each other. Jesus Christ, it's not that hard. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk franchise tags. Some interesting tags. Some interesting guys not tagged. Um, the Saints tag Marcus Williams. The Bears tag Allen Robinson. The Bucks tag Chris Godwin. The Jaguars tag Cam Robinson. The Giants tag Leonard Williams. The Jets tag Marcus May. The football team tags Brandon Scherf again. And the Panthers tag Taylor Moten. And the Broncos tag Justin Simmons once again. Any surprises on this list to you? Not on the list of tagged. Mm-hmm. I think you know there's some, some better winners than there are others. Uh, very, very smart on the Simmons thing, I think. Godwin is a good one. Surprised by Robinson, Allen Robinson, that is. Not surprised by Cam Robinson. Yeah. Um, well, Cam Robinson a little bit surprised me, to be honest with you. I just thought that they could have allocated that money in a better way at the offensive tackle position. But Marcus Williams kind of, that was the one I had to do a little double take on. We're like, oh, really? They're, and staying with the Marcus's at safety, as a matter of fact, Marcus May was another one where yeah, they're like, Oh, yeah. Oh, that number must be pretty low. If they're going to, if they're going to tag Marcus May, yeah. um, Taylor Moten was, you know, Moten's a decent player, but I don't, I don't, I've never thought of him as a, a franchise tag level player. Right. I, think, I guess I, this goes to show if you have an offensive tackle, you like to keep him. Yeah. And, and that's, it's, it's more strategy now than, than uh, a marker of the level of, of player. That it is, mm-hmm. you know, that it used to be. It used to be like your best players is or is like the guy you can't lose. Top of top of his position is likely gonna get franchise tagged if you're not in a good contract situation. But now it's really like okay, based on blah 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 blah, and the next move we're about to make, 
yeah. then, you know, and I, it, it, it's it's a part of like the kind of the revolving door and the, the, the I think the openness and willingness for organizations to make a change quicker than we've ever seen in the, in, in, in the way things turn around. So, yeah, the franchise tag is different. There were a couple surprises on a couple of surprises on who were tagged. I got some delight on some of those who weren't tagged. Folks. Well, let's let's talk about that. The the most notable names to not be tagged. The the Cardinals elected not to tag Hassan Reddick, who had something of a breakout season for them this past year. The Seahawks elected to not tag Shaq Griffin or Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. The Patriots did not re-tag Joe Thune. The Falcons did not tag Keanu Neal. The uh, the Bucks went with Godwin over Levante David and Shaq Barrett, though they have already re-signed Levante David. Mm-hmm. The Steelers did not tag Bud Dupree. The uh, Packers did not tag Aaron Jones. And I specifically did not mention this team. The Lions <laughs> did not tag Kenny Galladay or Romeo Aquara. There we go. So before I throw the Lions in the mix, I will say that the Steelers and the Cardinals are playing a very dangerous game. Packers, too. Packers and the, oh, yeah, and the Packers. Very dangerous game. Be careful. <laughs> I think Be they're careful. all gone, quite frankly. That is the thing. It's it's hard it's hard to say opposite of that. Again, if we're talking about the landscape of what this means and things like that, it basically means in between the lines that good luck what's out there for you. And if you tell a, a guy that in this day and age, or maybe forever, but especially this day and age, yeah, even if you don't get what you want on the market, you'll get you know your your settlement money to with another franchise. You mm-hmm. have now marked. This team as saying like, okay, I'm not good enough for blah blah blah. I don't even want. I, I might not want anything to do with you. Bringing it back to the Lions here, yeah. <laughs> Galladay, I'm totally thumbs up, cool with that. I think really, we have, just because he's older. I've been sitting with this. I've been saying yeah. I've been nervous. I've been sitting with this, but he's older guy. Uh, obviously, he would help immediately in whatever is about to happen under center, but. Long term, and if we're really making this transition, I think we can probably find some pieces, young guys, plus interesting veterans that can shift the dynamic of a locker room, cliche to say. Mm-hmm. But man, oh man, it makes me really, it makes me nervous. And I didn't expect, I didn't expect to tag them, um, but it, it just, it just makes me nervous that um, we're going to let a quality defensive lineman go. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me really nervous, and I don't think he we, we're gonna we're gonna be able to talk him into anything, and we're definitely not matching the number, obviously. So, right, yeah, you have to assume that both of them have played their last down for the Lions. You you did hit on something I thought was really interesting by saying Galladay is not a younger guy because I feel like we all think he's twenty four, but he's actually twenty seven. So he is, you know, and by, I like that we're now at a point where somehow that's old. I'm like, I would kill to be 27. Um, but in NFL years, he's that's ancient, especially especially for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. It, it is shocking. I was I was surprised to see that he was 27. Um, yeah, Aquar losing a defensive lineman is crazy. I just I don't understand a lot of these moves. I know, and you know, maybe the most perplexing thing that we didn't even talk about. The Saints tagged Marcus Williams, and I think that number is going to be about eleven million. They were already forty-eight over the salary cap, so yeah. this just this just increases the amount of uh, space they need to clear now. Uh, Aaron Jones was a shock. Aaron Jones, a Pro Bowler last year, and in, in name only, I suppose, but <laughs> very good season. 
Also, dynamic catching the ball out of the backfield really fits that offense well. I think the tag number for our running back was only about $8 million. That felt like a no-brainer to me. Um, Hassan Reddick, really weird, has this breakout yep. year. And, you know, you get 12 and a half sacks out of him. Then you go and add J.J. Watt for more money than he would have costed. Uh, costed. That's excellent. He would have cost. <laughs> and, and then you're like, oh, you know what? Uh, we're going to hope that J.J. brings the production that you brought last year. Right. That's just weird, man. Bud Dupree's another one. Bud Dupree's going to get paid. Shaq Barrett's going to get paid. Yep. Yep. You can't, you, you're not, you're not, <laughs> for the same reason it makes me nervous as a Lions fan, you're not going to find people short of interest in guys that can wreak havoc on defense consistently. I don't care at what level you think they're tapping out. I get the whole potential thing uh, with Bud Dupree. We're probably seeing his best football, which again is not bad. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to pay that much for maybe not topping out at another level, but recognize what you have because when you don't have that, it's an even clearer gap. Um, So those guys are gone and those guys will be paid and those guys will continue to to be productive. Yeah. I mean, Dupree, uh, sure. He didn't quite live up to that, that 11 half sack season in 2019, but he also, he missed five games last year. He still got eight sacks out of him. This is a valuable player who is by the way, going to, He's going to have a lot of suitors because I think he's probably big enough to to put his hand in the ground and yep. play the defensive line as well. Yep. Not just that outside linebacker in that 3-4. Um, yeah, this is, this is a really interesting... <laughs> Suddenly, it's a really interesting free agent class. The the Aaron Jones thing blows my mind. You have a 27-year-old... This this feels like exactly what... Exactly a way the teams would want to manipulate the uh, the franchise tag in their favor... You have a 27-year-old running back, a guy who's going to be 27. You can pay him $8 million, no guarantees for future seasons, and you can run him into the ground if you want. That's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Or or we should say we thought it was a no-brainer, and now here we go. So I'm actually really interested to see who pops up as a favorite because— I've heard the Dolphins. Yeah, well, that would be great because I was thinking the rich get richer. But if the Dolphins continue to, you know, put trust in these young guys, uh, it's not going to really matter much what Tua does because you're not you're only going to have to score, you know, twenty points to win some games. The way the way they're they're turning that defense around. Yeah, I've. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I I would be, it, it's a funny position to both argue that the tag should have been used and also argue the counterpoint that if I were a team, I would be afraid to sign a running back who's about to be 27 years old. But that really goes to my point that if you can get his 27-year-old season and only his 27-year-old season for $8 million and you know who he is, you know what he brings, you do it 100 times out of 100 unless unless A.J. Dillon, I know he, they took him in the second round last year out of Boston College, unless he looks unbelievable, then you don't, I, you, you just, you make the tag. They know what it's like, Chris. They know exactly what it's like to 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 not know who is going to get the brunt of the carries and who can they they can rely on in the backfield. It's it's not it's recent memory, so it really is shocking. Yeah, it absolutely is. All right, well, the uh, I guess I guess Galladay and Aquara are gone. You guys are going to have massive changes here. Let's play this game right now, Mario Hines. I would like for you predict the Lions' starting quarterback the top three receivers and their running back next year, starting running back. Hmm. Ooh. I mean, I think I, I would hope that um, we could bring back 
uh gee what's up what's what's his name we got we we signed him late you don't you don't you weren't a big fan of his oh mosa new yes yep so new i i would like to to think we could bring him back i like to think we get one of the the top receivers um or in play for one of the top guys even either in round one or two so pick any name okay so you you're you're wide receiver at seven i wouldn't mind it depending but i wouldn't mind it okay um and then let's see who who are we keeping? Who are we keeping? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not many. Right, right, right. Who, Let me just check. Who is that? All, all of a sudden, Marvin Hall looks appealing. I know, which is like a grain of salt because he actually did do well. But if you're if you're if you're the guy that's supposed to take the top off, which he did consistently, he didn't track the ball very well. Yeah. Um, after that, but uh, if you can if you can maintain that, I'm I'm mighty fine with that. So. <laughs> Here, I mean, let, I think me, we keep let me play out another hypothetical for you. And this is one that the Eagles are dealing with, too. Uh, a player who maybe he's not a need fit, but he's just potentially so good that do you make it work? I don't know how much draft stuff you've been paying attention to, but the the draft expert will call them that I, I hold above all else is Daniel Jeremiah. I think Daniel Jeremiah is is mm. absolutely brilliant. I'm I think that you have to sort of temper uh his initial reactions because DJ tends to get very excited about prospects, which is awesome because you yep. he loves the job he does and that very much shows. Yeah. But he is very, very much of the belief that I think he even said today, if he had to predict the one Hall of Fame player to come out of this draft, it would be Kyle Pitts. Mm. Kyle Pitts is a 6'6", 250-pound, we'll call him tight end, from the University of Florida. A absolute generational talent. I believe he'll be the second youngest player in the draft. He is a guy who has been a chess piece on offense for the Florida Gators. A guy who... Experts say if he was graded as a wide receiver, he would probably be the number two or three wide receiver in this class. Now, my Eagles have Dallas Goddard. Your Lions have uh, TJ Hawkinson. If you're in the position to draft Pitts, do you add that sort of weapon to the offense and just try and figure it out? Absolutely. One, because we've seen what what you can do with multiple players um, it, with that, that skill set um, on the field at the same time. Again, especially with field stretchers like Marvin Hall, uh, assuming that he comes back. But and we, we, we <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but I mean, he's 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 running a four five. You know, yeah, he's, he, he might be lower. Can, yeah, you can line him up on the outside. There's no problem. There's no problem getting him outside or having Hawkinson step out. It's it's things that have been shown. I think you take the risk. I think is a great safety net um, for golf or whoever it's going to mm-hmm. be. Uh, and I think I actually don't think golf's gonna gonna do bad. I don't. It's not his job to keep, but I don't think he's gonna just bottom out. Um, right. And so yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to take the and Pitts is phenomenal. I'm glad you bring on. Yeah, he, he's God, phenomenal. He's so uh, whoever whoever gets him is gonna be lucky. So why not us? Why not us roll that seven? Yeah. If you're you know, I, tight end highlights are not the most exciting thing in the world, but the the Kyle Pitts highlight tape is phenomenally electric. Like the the stuff that this guy does, how fluid he is, and how much of a, a game changer he is, the tight end position is crazy. And you have to have a very smart offense, though, because you need to be able to maximize the advantages that he gives you. 
you need to be smart enough to flex them out and take advantage of matchups. You need to keep them in when you have to keep them in. And there's going to be some projection, too, because like I said, we're talking about a 20-year-old. We're talking about a a 20-year-old kid from Philadelphia, by the way, who uh, we don't we don't know what his body's going to look like in five years. Exactly. <laughs> it could be it that can go either way. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to lean on, on on the side that you're in a you he will be if he comes to the lines at least it will be in a quality organization. You know you the know how so that that 20 year old body is going to turn into a 26 year old well-oiled machine mm-hmm. and sky i mean not the sky's the limit but then you get you get, you're, I, getting, I think <laughs> you're getting you're getting production at a level that um that you you can be relied upon to 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 win ball games for you and that's all you can really ask like can we win ball games through this guy which i feel like we've had people like that mm-hmm. but you know other circumstances we get this stuff cleaned up that's that's the right way to go you're heading in the right direction all right uh, Lawrence goes one, Wilson goes two. Let's say Chase goes three. I mm. I still believe Fields is going four. I don't think the Falcons are going to pass up an opportunity really? to get their franchise quarterback. The Bengals have to protect Joe Burrow, so uh, I would think Sewell goes five. Six is a question mark. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, but let's say the Lions are up. You have you have Trey Lance, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts on the board. Who do you take? Whew. I mean, it's, it's, is, if mm. Pitts or Waddle, man. Oh. You're not, uh, not the Devontae Smith guy. You worried not about in the his top body? 10. Not in the top 10. I, he gives me, he gives me, um, more polished Desmond Howard, which, hmm. you know, in this, in today's game, in today's game could be, up. you know, phenomenal. You know, yeah. in today's game, that could be the thing that, you know, absolute game breaker. But if you're comparing him and, and able to get, you know, a Waddle, who I think uh, at at worst is, um, you know, the kid the kid out of Houston who uh, was fast, pretty Still? good. Kenny Stills? No, 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 no. Uh, he was on the trading block this year. It's Still Kenny Stills? No. Oh, Will no. Fuller. Will Fuller. I think at worst, Waddle's Will Fuller. I think at the bottom. Uh, and you know, at, at, at best, you know, who knows? Top fifteen guy sooner than later. So gets Tyreek Hill comps for a reason. Yeah, exactly. So I'm 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 taking that over over Smith if the options there. And then Pitts again. We're talking about a guy that can obviously create mismatch and is an insert now guy even while he's learning, which is what we yeah. had in Hawkinson. And you know, the coaches are raving about what they think they're about to do with him anyway. So. Yeah, it's it's such a tough sell to a fan base when you're like, oh, you have a very good young tight end, but we think this guy has the potential to be generational, so we're gonna make it work. Um, yeah, it's it, boy, we're we're getting there too. We're six or so weeks away from the draft. It's uh, it's coming up. It is coming up, and I honestly, I think both of our teams are prime trade down teams for uh whatever organization is looking to get that fourth or even potentially fifth quarterback with uh, with Mac Jones ascending boards <laughs> to a level that doesn't make sense to me, but smarter people than me seem to like him. Um, speaking of Waddle, like I give, he won me over in the national championship game. I, I had some question marks about that guy, but it was so clear that he should not be playing football. 
yeah. uh, during that national championship game. And he, man, he went and he gutted it out. The same, as a matter of fact, I mean, to a, to a lesser extent, but um, their center, probably the top center in the draft, Landon Dickerson, he, uh, I tore his Achilles or his ACL, I forget which one offhand, not too long before that, and actually was out for the uh, the victory formation snap. So those <laughs> those Alabama kids, man, they uh, they they gave it their all, and, and Waddle really won me over by, like it, you could just tell he, it, it like, it's it's one of those interesting things you see. I guess I I I equate everything to basketball because that was where my background was. But the the old saying that the basketball cures all problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the ball, suddenly you don't hurt. And right. I guess I guess that's the same way when when you're on offense running a route or something like that. But as soon as that route was over, even when he realized that the ball wasn't coming his way, you saw that pronounced limp from Waddle. Yep. Yeah. And just was, like, ugh. good on you, man. Good on you for, you know, somebody had to go out and play with Devontae Smith getting hurt in the first half. Good on you. And you have uh, you have won my respect. There you go. So, what, he doesn't even need to be drafted. I think it's enough. Uh, there's very little financial compensation comes with having my respect, but so he can still make the decision that he thinks is best for him and his family. Uh, but you know, consider it. Uh, before we get out of here, let's let's just do a couple of free agents. Let's whittle, let's whittle down this list a little bit. Um, we talked about this guy earlier. The now a, now a free agent, Arizona Cardinal Edge Hassan Reddick. He's going to hit the market. Uh, where, where do you think he fits? Is he is he strictly a, a pass rushing outside linebacker, or do you think he can be more scheme versatile? I definitely think he could be scheme versatile. I don't think uh, every team that it, it could compensate that scheme versatility is going to look out for him. But my thing is, I think Jacksonville um, is in play. I think it's mutually an interesting place, mm. um, especially if you're a late-blooming breakout guy like that. You want to be a part of you know something new, a resurgence. I think Seattle will make a hard push uh, sure. as they absolutely, absolutely need it. They um, love that kind of defensive end, too. He's exactly. in that very like He's in that Bruce Irvin kind of mold as a defensive end. Exactly. So if I'm flipping a coin, I'm, I'm picking one of those two with a, a sleeper being um, the Titans who, uh, you know, Vrabel seems to be really good at convincing guys to, to, to come over. So mm. that would be my sleeper pick. Replacing the other guy he can he uh, got to come over to play defensive end last year in Jadavian Clowney. Yep. Uh, the prediction here at PFF: one year, eight point five million, fully guaranteed. Carolina Panthers. Ooh, I don't even have them on my radar. I'd be interested. All right. Uh, this, okay. Here, here's a guy I I think you you're familiar with. Number ninety on the list. <laughs> Their words, not mine. The great Le'Veon Bell. What do we think the future holds for Le'Veon? I mean, man, was I uh, <laughs> did I miss on whatever he was supposed to do with the Chiefs? Yeah, I just mm, it's it's tough for me. It's tough for me just because one, he plays running back, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it could be it it could be almost any team at that point um, because it's not important. It's not high priority, but you know, who who could use some help? Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll give you uh, what the prediction here is. You tell me yeah. if you think that makes sense. Uh, we talked about this team for another running back earlier, but this is uh, prediction is the Miami Dolphins two years, $10 million. I mean, I guess, I guess it could be as much as it's the Dolphins, it could be, you know, the Texans at that point. You know, they have already, they've got their guy, but you I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, you're filling, you're filling one 
underachieving void with the, possibly the next. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure. That that's what makes me so confusing about this Le'Veon Bell thing. He, I did see certain certain spots of of optimism in his game yeah. with the Chiefs, but he, you know, he broke tackles. There were yards after carry. He was reliable out of the backfield. They're just the the role was never defined, and he never seemed to fit. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's fair to say. That that's the positive spin we'll take. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never been anything but positive when it comes to Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> the uh, the James White returns to the Patriots. That's boring. Eighty eight uh, is Danny Amendola, Ugh. and I'm gonna. <laughs> well, I'm going to jump you right to the prediction here as he re-signs with the Lions one year, 5.5 million. I said, <laughs> 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 I don't, I get it. I get it. I get why he would return. I get why there would even be some interest. I think what you're trying to get out of Amendola, you get with Sanu without the, the, Amendola's not giving you drops. Okay. Yeah. So that's one stat that's not glaring, but what he's giving you that's, Exactly. The, the 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 fact of the matter is that he's not in the spot he's promises he can be in in the in the meeting room. He will understand everything to a T, know where he needs to get. The physicality, the physical presence is not there anymore, if ever was. And yeah. It 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 shows. It shows in very important spots in, in games. So yeah, you'll get a locker room guy, you'll get an extra coach on the field, all those things, but you'll also get a guy that you're throwing incompletions to because you thought he he get to the spot. Oh, this one's on the interesting-ish side. He got some opportunities to play this past year. Eighty-four running back Mike Davis in the prediction he signs a two-year, eight point five million dollar contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be mm. nice. I think nice that for him. The, yeah, I know. I think the Buccaneers <laughs> may stick with Fournette, honestly. I don't know um, if they're interested in changing much uh, of anything. And I'm Ronald nervous. Jones is there, too. Yeah, true. I'm nervous with, with Mike Davis uh, and his health, uh, and I don't know what, what we're going to find out about him. As I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if physicals are, are still being done, if, if that's loosened or tightened or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it makes me nervous there, but uh, that'd be good. That'd be good for the Bucks. I like his game. I love what he can do when he's healthy. So if the Bucks take him, I think that's fine. I just he's never been you know he's never been what he was last year. I don't. I would have a hard time signing a running back for four point two five million dollars because if you're gonna do that, like if you're signing a running back, I want a rookie or I want a proven guy who's gonna be your bell cow. I don't want anything in the middle. I'm not interested. That's a great point. And I think you're not alone in that sentiment of, look, what am I actually getting out, out of this outside of a roster spot? Which, yeah. <laughs> you know, again, we're getting back to Madden stuff. Do I have to fill all the numbers in? Because <laughs> yeah. if, if so, how much do I have to pay to do that? Not much. I'm not paying a lot to do that. Let's end this on another running back because, you know, that's the most fun thing to talk about. But this is an interesting story. This gentleman... One of the best stories in football, overcame cancer, could not overcome the Pittsburgh Steelers. James Conner, now a free agent. What do we think Conner's got uh, going for him? I think the one thing that he does well, that he'll he'll always be able to do no matter what, um, no matter what state maybe he's in, I guess, what Mm -hmm. what health, the health he's in is that he he runs hard. Um, His vision's there. Um, he has a lean, a downhill lean. So even when he's he's getting tackled, he's falling forward. That whole thing. So 
you know, for me, I'm thinking you could you could find a spot, maybe possibly in Arizona. You could find a spot even with a, within a division rival. I think there'd be some interest there, and just a guy that could that could do some damage. I mean, the Browns are are, are set. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals maybe, uh, possibly. A little could use a little extra, you know, here and there. Yeah, I don't. What, I don't know what Gio Bernard's status is. Yeah, so that's what I see with Connor. I'm like, he's a guy that that if he's you know what not I don't hate the Ravens. Have. I don't hate the the Ravens are an interesting spot with their running back position too because they're always uh, going into training camp with a question mark. Yeah. Week three, it's the guy you didn't expect, but you're all in on this guy. Week nine, it's not right. that guy anymore. Yeah, I know J.K. Cycle. Dobbins is there, but you can. You, it's not going to be Ingram, so you can use nope. that that Connor type backup. That seems to make sense. Exactly, exactly. So, could be a rotational thing, but you'll get you'll get good rotational snaps from Connor. And he's never really been bad. You know, he he had that big year, 2018, his only Pro Bowl year, almost a thousand yards rushing, 4.5 a carry, uh, 12 touchdowns. Last year it was at four point three a carry. Is you know, it's just the the team was much worse, and, uh, and well, much worse talent around him at least, and he just didn't have the opportunities that he had in the past. And honestly, two games last year did not even start for the Steelers. That's what they seem to think of him. the uh, <laughs> The prediction here is a uh, three year deal, twenty million, six point six six a year. The New York Football Jets. That's fair. That's fine. It's it seems a fit. It just is. It was positioned uh, and measured by Le'Veon's leaving, and I think it was yeah. a ma- the mass exodus of you know the the the, the divas in in Pittsburgh, and he was the anti diva doing well. So it hyped up the production a little bit, but and he overproduced to be honest. So like you said, he's he's good, and the Jets will be better off for it. Did Frank Gore end the year with the Jets? Is he still a Jet? Because I know Frank Gore wants to says he wants to play like three more years. Oh my God, I have no idea. I hope not. He he did end. He ended the year with the Jets. He is thirty seven years old, which is ninety five for a running back, and uh, one hundred and eighty seven carries, six hundred and fifty three yards. Ooh, three point five a carry. Not a <laughs> lot of fours in the uh, the uh, yards per carry column for for better for um. Gore in the uh, recent past, but you know, good on the man. Maybe I know his kid is his kid's in college. Maybe he wanted the, to do the LeBron thing, where he had the opportunity to potentially play with his kid. Though he, I think he was undrafted last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> I think he's going for that, and I, it may actually happen on some. Uh, why not? I'm looking at it right now. I might actually be wrong. I think Frank Gore Jr. is. With Southern Miss, but when did he... Okay, he was a freshman. Okay, so this might actually be the LeBron thing. He was a freshman this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, not look, not the world's greatest player. Much seems to be like in the Brian Dawkins Jr. mold. But <laughs> but he, he would theoretically be eligible to come out of the draft in two years. Gore... You know, has, there, has there ever been an instance of a father and son playing in the NFL at the same time? Not a ch- no, <laughs> no. The way the NFL is set up, absolutely right. Not. Absolutely, right. Not. this has to be a first. I mean, Gore. That's an interesting legacy. It is. I mean, Frank Gore is just a walking callus. He must be because the way he's able to just keep playing the running back position for this long, rack up semi decent yardage. I think he's going to accomplish this. I think at some point, maybe it's a training camp, mini camp thing. 
who knows? But I think they're going to be on the same team before it's all said and done. Yeah, it, it, there is no... Uh... All right, in the NFL, it doesn't look like there's anyone uh, in do, doing part of the very short career lengths compared to other sports. In the 1920s, Ted and Charles Nesser played together. Ted was a player coach, uh, and oh. uh, and his son was one of the coaches on the uh, was one of the players on the team. But yeah, that doesn't. I don't, I'm not. I'm going to go ahead and say that doesn't count because if if you have coach in the title, no offense to Bill Russell late in his career. If you have coach in the title, it outweighs player. Yes. Yeah, at 1000%. The player part is like if if absolutely necessary, if you know, if the if the Disney movie is decided to right. to start filming. Yeah. We all like the rookie, but yeah. I, I I don't need to. I don't need to say Dennis Quaid is uh, is, is no idea where I'm going with this. That's the show. Uh for uh <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show for Mario Hines. I'm Chris Horbidell. Uh, we thank you for listening once again. Just want to reiterate that. And we'll see you next time.